apologize. There we go. Again, I want to just add to the fact that uh, everything looks amazing. I appreciate the hard work that everybody put into Vacation Bible School. Um, my prayer is that this week will be one where young children come and their lives are transformed moving forward due to the love of Christ, the love of people in this church who are willing to give time, give their week. And for that, I am just amazed and thankful for that one time a year where this church comes together, realizes the, the need for the community. <clears throat> Vacation Bible School when I was a kid was something that uh, I always looked forward to. It was always something that was uh, fun. Our, our church, where I, when I was a little child, always made it so much fun and had so many kids there. And nowadays, Vacation Bible School is an afterthought for, one, a lot of churches, and two, for most people. Um, baseball, softball, volleyball, uh, other things come well before um, the importance of God, and, and it's sad. And, and so we wonder why our world is like it is, why our nation is like it is. It is because everything that we know today normally comes before God. And this is a result when we put everything before the Lord. Um, I just pray that if you have children, uh, if you have grandchildren, nieces, nephews, that you will get them here. Maybe you have a neighborhood that has a lot of kids. Bring those kids. We have a, uh, an ability to get around and get people picked up. There's enough people here that would help with that. Uh, our van is currently in the shop right now getting the air conditioning redone. It had a hard trip back from... Uh, the mountains in New Mexico, and the AC finally played out, and so all those folks riding in the van on the way back rode back in a very, very hot, hot van, and so we were able to get uh, that this week. It's being worked on, but we'll go, we're going to figure out a way to get people here. If you know of people that need to be here, which in my opinion, any child, we need to get them here, and we need to make sure that they have that opportunity. I want us this morning to look that God's will is greater than our preferences. God's will is greater than the preferences that we have. Now, if you were in Sunday school, you know that moving forward, we've had a, uh, or looking back, I should say, we have had a great discussion as to what a church looks like. We have, I think, three more weeks, four more weeks, something like that, in the book. And every Sunday, I'm going to continue to add on to the Sunday school lesson. Uh, because I think it's important that we as a church understand where we are headed, what it is that God desires of us. And I have pastored long enough to know that the biggest issue in every church sits in the pews and stands in the pulpit. I mean, it's just the truth. The biggest issue in every single church sits in the pew and stands in the pulpit. The people themselves, a lot of times, are their own worst enemies. And what causes this is that we have preferences, and our preferences suddenly trump everything else, including our own walk with God. That is why on Wednesdays, 
When I was growing up, little kids did not have baseball. We did not have softball. We did not have a debate team. We didn't do anything on Wednesday. Nothing. You went to church on Wednesday. I lived in a town of about 5,700 people. And the whole time that I was growing up, I don't remember anything being on a Wednesday. Now, especially during the summer, very few churches even meet on a Wednesday. They don't come. They don't participate. Now, I know the last few Wednesdays, we've had a ton of folks saying, hey, we miss Wednesday night. And I get that. But folks, we've had so much stuff going on. And and that's the beauty of, of being where we're at. I'm so thankful to have a lot. And plus, for those of you that don't understand, you've got to give those kitchen folks some time to breathe. They work extremely hard. And so I am so thankful for each one of them and everybody that's a part but we have, we've had some breaks, but that doesn't mean that we've quit Wednesday. We are still here last Wednesday. Man, a lot of people were together uh, here working. Some had Bible study. We had a lot of things going on. But folks, I want you to understand that our preferences, what has happened is we would prefer for our kid to get a scholarship to go to college. And in our mind, we think that our child will be good enough to get a scholarship to play some sport, to go somewhere and do something because we have now turned our attention away from God to our preferences. And we're putting our child into some sport that we ourselves may have been decent at, but we think that our kid will be even better because they have our blood in them and we'll be the one coaching them. So our preferences have changed. And instead of being Wednesday night, instead of being people who come to worship, we have become people that just prefer to be elsewhere. And our problem has started with our preferences that we would rather be somewhere outside of the will of God, somewhere where we're happy, where we are noticed, where we are recognized. And the next thing you know, we're in trouble. That is the world that we live in. God is last. He gets our leftovers, correct? He gets what little bit of time that we have left. He gets what little bit of money we have left. He gets what little bit of worship we have left because we're so busy worshiping our kids. And all of that. What amazes me on Facebook is how many of you have geniuses for children? It, it amazes me. We use, we use social media to promote our children, how smart they are, how bright they are, how this, how that. And then on occasion, we will promote something about God or the church. We have to understand, we have to realize that when we have put God last, we get the results that we get. We get what we get. I have no idea what that ringing is. A lot of you are looking around like, if, if it flies by your head and it rings, let me know, okay? I do not know what that is. Some of you are like, it rings? There's something ringing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it might be time, folks. It might be time. I want you to turn with me to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, 
We're going to look this morning, uh, not at the whole book of Daniel, but we're going to take some excerpts out and we're going to read those together. We're going to talk about the fact that Daniel preferred his culture over what he was forced into. So let's stand together and we're going to read from Daniel chapter 1. We're going to read through verse number 7. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So here's Daniel living a life as a uh, man who is part of God's people. He's doing things in a certain way, living in a certain culture, eating certain foods, worshiping at certain times. And we understand that any of us, if we're taken and removed from our culture forcefully, we would much rather be back home where we feel we belong. But Nebuchadnezzar come and he besieged it and the long uh, and the Lord, excuse me, handed Jehoiakim, king of Judah, over to him, along with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasury of his God. Then the king told Aspenaz, the chief of his officials, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and of the nobles, youths in whom uh, there was no impairment, who were good-looking, suitable for instruction, and every kind of expertise, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge, and who had ability to serve in the king's court." And he ordered Aspenaz to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king also allotted for them a daily ration from the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank in order that they be educated for three years, at the end of which they were to enter the king's personal service. Now among them from the sons of Judah were Daniel Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Then the commander of the officials assigned new names to them, and to Daniel assigned the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Father, we first of all want to thank you that you would allow us to be able to see in your word this morning how even when life is turned upside down and all the preferences I've ever had are taken away from me, That should not change who I am. My attitude of worship, my heart of worship should remain true to my God. Lord, let us see this this morning. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Many of us in this room Especially we learned this in Sunday school this morning, we have preferences. There are some things that we just prefer over others. Some prefer hymns. Some prefer what, they, what is now called worship music. I'm not real sure why it's called worship music. I thought as long as we're singing to the Lord, it's all worship music. Um, some people, uh, you know, prefer classic rock to country. Anybody in here, uh, just a, you're one of these guys that... that you know good and well that if you played country backwards, you would get everything back, right? Y'all, some of y'all know that, but you still listen. Yeah. Um, we just we just have this idea that, that certain things, we prefer them. And so since we prefer them, everyone else should as well. All right? Real quickly, 
Who prefers it cold in the house? You like it cold in the house. <laughs> I love it. Finally, okay? So if you saw two-thirds of the church prefers it cold, okay? I don't know if y'all saw it that way, but that's how I saw it because I prefer to see it that way, okay? Um, know about probably a little less than half the hands. And to prove that, if you prefer it to be just comfortable and a little bit on the warm side, raise your hand. Y'all are ridiculous. Man's got his jacket on. Look at that. 72. Yeah, whatever. Whenever they came out and suggested that we put the air on 78 and like it to help the grid, I went ahead and prayed for forgiveness. Um, mm. I'm telling y'all right now, we all have our preferences. Who in here would rather have their eggs scrambled? You like your eggs scrambled? Raise your hand. Like them scrambled? How many of you like your eggs fried? That's right. Now, now watch this. How many of you like your eggs fried sunny side up? Y'all are gross. Over easy. Oh, yeah. All right. How many of you like them where they're so hard you throw them against the wall, they stick? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are the weird ones. Okay. Y'all are the weird ones. All right. Who thinks that if, that if bacon isn't burnt, it's not done? Okay. Who in here probably will wind up with some sort of salmonella poison before it's all said and done because you barely fry your bacon? Yeah. We all have preferences, right? We like what we like. Who in here likes to get here early enough to make sure nobody gets their seat? Yeah. Yeah. There's some of y'all. Now, if you saw their hand raised, I want you to get here earlier than them and sit in their seat so they will learn, right, that preferences are not important. It's what God wants. You know, those are things that are silly, but the truth is they divide us. You understand that? They divide us. I have watched churches get upset over things that should not matter. And it's what winds up dividing a church. Things that just don't make any sense. Such as, in the, as we've discussed here many times at this church, if you go back and read uh, some of the, the minutes from previous meetings where they had to vote to change a light bulb. Folks, that is, that is not funny any longer. If you really think about that, that's sad. That we had to think like that. And I can only imagine the discussion because I know a Baptist church. Well, what kind of bulb are we going to get? Well, is that the right kind of bulb? Who made the bulb? Now, does that bulb support Disney or not? I mean, can you imagine all the discussions that you would have over something so crazy? And we keep looking at this stuff going, what in the world? And we, we allow things to get in the way. Here is a man who has been taken out of his home. Everything that he has known has been ripped from him. He knows who he is. He would much rather prefer to be in his culture. He would much rather be, uh, be glad to be home 
but he's not. He has been removed from his place. He has even been given a new name. He has friends with him that we know very well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we know their story and how there they were. They refused to bow down to a king. And and so the king had them thrown into the fiery furnace. And the king looks in and what does the king see? Did we not throw three men in and yet I see four and one who has the face of the son of God? Is that not pretty neat? These men were taken from their homes, their preferences stripped from them, and they're put in a place where they are foreigners and they are forced into service, and yet we still find them faithful. We still find them faithful. Daniel also preferred something else. But I think that we need to really pay attention here to this culture thing. Some things are acceptable in our culture today. But they're not acceptable if we're going to follow the will of God. Many things have been okayed by many churches. But yet they have not been okayed by the Bible. You understand? I could go down the list of sins, but we don't have to because we know what they are. We're not dumb. We know. And and if you're sitting there going, well, he must be talking about such and such. Yeah, I probably am. Many things have been okayed by the culture and even okayed by many churches. But if it's not within God's will, which is within God's scripture, then it is not okayed by God. But folks, even though we're in the midst of a culture that is changing in a very sinful culture and a very carnal culture, what you and I must do is continue to praise God, even though the culture around us is changing. You see, the, the culture can change, but the church should not. The culture can change, but the church should not. So some of you are going, well, then why do we sing different music than one we had in the hymnals? I remember when we had the hymnals, them were some good old things. Do you know that most of your hymnals actually came out of the bars? Do your history. A lot of the tunes that were played in these, in these old songs came out of the bar room. The words didn't, but the music did. And at some point, you know, they didn't have instruments. So can you imagine the very first business meeting they had to allow a piano or an organ in? We've never had that before. Then you fast forward 100 years. What do you mean we got to get rid of the organ? The organ is sacred. The piano is sacred. We get so upset over things because things change. Can I tell you something? Those things are just things. Who you are doesn't change because other things change. Daniel would have loved to remain where he was, but God plucked him out and put him somewhere else. For those of you that are new here, listen to me. 
you've entered a different type of culture. This is a different type of church, and I intend to keep it that way as long as I'm pastor, a place that we love each other, that we get along, and that we sit and we talk about life, and we talk about things when we don't agree. Instead of talking about each other, we talk to each other, and it solves the issue. Do you all agree with that? We smile, we laugh, we worship God. This is all part of who we're supposed to be. But yet the culture, the world around us changes. The church does not. Daniel preferred his food. Daniel preferred his food. Let's look at Daniel 1, verses 8 through 13. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Now, God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. The commander of the officials said to Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord, the king, who has allotted your food and your drink. For why should he see your faces looking gone in comparison to the youths who are your own age? Then you would... Make me forfeit my head to the king. But Daniel said to the overseer, whom the commander of the officials had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please put your vegetables to um, our servants to the test for 10 days and let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined in your presence and the appearance of the, of the youth who are eating the king's choice food and deal with your servants according to what you see. Think about the many things that were put in front of Daniel. You have to eat this and eat this and eat this. But he was like, no, no, no. God has given me a very strict diet. This is what I intend to eat, and I will not change. You say, what does that have to do with us today? I'm going to tell you what it has to do with you today. It has to do with our spiritual food. You and I must determine within our hearts that we will not allow the wrong things to be put in front of us spiritually that we will not allow certain things that will defile us spiritually to be preached from this pulpit, taught within our classes, taught within our, our Sunday school rooms, taught here on Wednesday nights. What we believe, what we do, who we are, should all be determined by what the Word of God says. I was speaking with a gentleman this morning who was telling me, hey, I was listening to so-and-so, and I said, well, why in the world? Why in the world, Right? There are certain people that you just should not listen to. But a lot of people don't understand. They don't know. And I'll tell you why. Because what a lot of people are peddling sounds so good. You ever, you ever talk to somebody, a, a true salesman, that could sell you anything? Right? They said that he could sell ice to Eskimos, right? Yeah. That's probably not nice to say anymore now in the world that we live in, by the way. But the reality of it is, there are people that sound so good that we're willing to start putting what they're selling and what they're giving us on our plate, and we're eating from it, not realizing that we're eating poison to our spiritual bodies. Anytime that you get a pastor that tells you you've got to love yourself, walk out of that church. Let me tell you why. Because there's only one way, one way. You and I, listen, love God above all things. God then transforms us 
into the image of his son. I know who I am. I have been given the name saint by the grace of God. I had to be reminded of that, remember that a few months ago, that I am not just a sinner, but I am a saint who sins, a saint who struggles. In other words, guess what? We're going to mess up. But I am who I am. I am a child of God by the grace of God. We have to understand that when people are telling you, love yourself, do what you want to do, do what feels good. Oh, that Bible was written so long ago that it's not relevant today. Folks, I want to tell you what, as long as you're at Pine Island, you're going to love the Bible that was written so long ago. And if you want to challenge the Bible that was written so long ago, that's between you and God. But if you start trying to challenge it publicly within this church, it's going to be between you and God. Because the scripture has declared what God has said, and that's all that we need to know. So when you get around people that say, well, it's old, it's this, it's outdated, it's that. Well, he really didn't understand what women were going to be like today. Can I tell you something? Women haven't changed. Women haven't changed. I'm not being ugly. I'm being serious. Think about the very first sin that was found in Scripture. We know that Eve heard the heart of her husband. She had been given the same directive that he had, and yet what? She grabs the fruit. She eats it. She gives it to her husband. Now, sin entered the world through who? Through Adam. Because he looked and he took what she gave him. Men and women have been struggling for who runs the house. Be careful, somebody said. Don't ruin what I got at my house, right? Yeah. But the truth is we've been sitting there wrestling with who runs the house, who's head of this, who's head of that. Ladies, if you want a godly home, you look to your husband to lead it. Men, if you don't want your wife telling you what to do, then get up and do it before she has to tell you. That bothers some of y'all? I know. It bothers me too. Daniel said, listen, I refuse to defile myself physically. Folks, we've got to refuse to defile ourselves spiritually. We've got to tell the world what you're giving us as your spiritual food. We refuse. God has given us what we need. Then the big story, Daniel preferred his safety. Let me help you out a little bit. We don't have time to read the whole thing because it's a lot in Daniel 6. But basically, Darius, King Darius, he, he kind of became full of himself because a lot of people were upset with Daniel and, and how Daniel was getting favorable treatment. Well, the reason David, Daniel was getting favorable treatment was because he was following and obeying God. And so God was seeing to it that even in a foreign land, Daniel was being blessed because of his faithfulness to God. And so these men came to the king and said, listen, king, this, there are people we know that should only worship you and blah, 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 blah. And the king says, ooh, I like that. That sounds really good. 
And he said, if, they said, if nobody, you know, if anybody disobeys this order that we should only worship you, they should be thrown into the lion's den. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I'm going to be thrown into a lion's den, I might rethink what I'm about to do. Like if my punishment is the lion's den, I might rethink what I'm going to do, but not Daniel, not Daniel. Verse 10 of chapter 6 tells us, now when Daniel learned that the document was signed, so he knows it's there, he knows the rule, he knows the law. The Bible says that he entered his house and in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. Let's stop there. The window was open towards Jerusalem so that he could look that direction. He could look towards where his homeland was, where he would have preferred to be, where his good food was, where everything that he had known his whole life was. He wanted to be there. And he opens, or that window was open. Folks, in our mind, we're wondering, why didn't he close the window? Because that wasn't his custom. That wasn't his full devotion to God. So he leaves the window open. Why? Because his faith is in God, not in the decree. And the Bible says that when Daniel gets to that place, the window is open. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and offering praise before his God, just as he had been doing previously. Just because man says it's illegal, it's wrong, you can't worship any longer, you can't preach truth any longer. Oh, that's hate speech. Guess what? You just put up with it and you're willing to get arrested. That's what real faith says. Like if you're wondering what Pine Island is about, you got to be willing to say, if it causes me to go to jail, I'll go to jail. Do we understand? Our faith changes us, challenges us. Well, guess what? They were waiting on Daniel. They knew that he would be faithful because they knew the character of Daniel. And they were spying on him, and they go to the king, and the king loves Daniel, and he doesn't know exactly who's been caught, but the king has heard somebody's been caught, and boy, he's excited. We're going to get to feed the lions. Verse 14 says, then as soon as the king heard this statement, he was deeply distressed and set his mind on rescuing Daniel. But guess what? He'd already signed a decree. He couldn't do it. Verse 16 says, so then the king gave orders and Daniel was brought in and thrown into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, your God, whom you continually serve, will himself rescue you. The king himself was assured because he understood something that Daniel's God was greater than him. And a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing would be changed regarding Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Because of Daniel's willingness to go to the lion's den, because Daniel's willingness to go and pray as he had always done, nothing changed just because the decree happened. He was still faithful, still serving. Because of this, God was dealing with the heart of a king who would have never paid attention to God before. Your faithfulness in the midst of trial 
might be the only light someone else sees. Daniel is being faithful. Then the king got up at dawn at the break of day and went in a hurry to the lion's den. And when he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king began speaking and said, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? I don't know how long it took Daniel to answer him back, but I imagine it wasn't very long. But can you imagine? You've ever, you ever walked in on something and, and you're hoping that everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be, but nothing looks quite right? You have this fear as you walk in. This man walks in. He yells out to Daniel. He's got fear in his heart. Scared to death. And Daniel spoke to the king. O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. And they have not harmed me since I was found innocent before him. And also toward you, O king. O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very glad and gave orders for Daniel to be lifted up out of the den. So Daniel was lifted up out of the den and no injury, whatever, was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And all the people said, isn't that good? But it's not over. Listen to what else happened. Then the king gave orders and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel and they threw them, their children, their wives into the lion's den and they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. How many of us in this room would prefer not to be talked about, picked on, screamed at, yelled at? Folks, if it's false... You trust God with it. You trust God with it. If you deserve to be griped at, yelled at, then you own it and you fix it. But if it's false, you trust God with it. Because God won't just rescue you. but He will take care of your accusers. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and populations of all languages who were living in all the land... May your peace be great. I issue a decree that in all the realm of my kingdom, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. Had Daniel not put God's will first and lived on his preferences, God would have never moved in this land. Here's reality. Daniel was removed from his home, his family, and his way of life. Yet he remained faithful. He remained faithful to the Lord. Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith, it is impossible to what? Please God. It is impossible to please him, for the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be one who rewards those who seek him. Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you love that verse. You all, oh, it's my verse. But what you don't understand is that verse is talking about people who are willing to give everything to God. He's speaking to these people that were his and 
Many things were happening around them, and God said, you've got to trust me. He said, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Psalm 143.10 says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. 1 John 2.15-17 through 17 says, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away. And also it's lust, but the one who does the will of God continues to live forever. Folks, there is nothing more important than you choosing God's will over your preferences. Many people, many people have walked out of the church because there were drums on the stage. Many people walked out of the church because they took an organ down. Many people walked out of the church because they built a new building. Now many people will begin to question, trust me, I'm a pastor. I know these things, and I know it'll happen. Don't listen to the nonsense, folks. People are going to say, well, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to pay for that? Can I tell you something? G-O-D. Whatever God desires for us to do, he will provide. Well, if we're going to do it, we need to do this, we need to do that. It amazes me how smart people are and how often we know everything and yet we're the most uninformed. Folks, can I give you an idea of what you need to do for your church right now? Pray. Pray. Pray for your leadership. There are decisions that have to be made. Folks, there are a lot of people like, we're full. Yes, we have a great number. There's a ton of chairs still lifting. Y'all's problem is y'all don't like each other. There's 21 chairs between each one of y'all over there. Y'all scooch in together a little bit more, right? Somebody asked recently, you know, COVID's breaking out again. What are we going to do? We're going to keep meeting. Whatever you prefer, lay it at the altar today. Okay, and say, God, what we want is your will done above all things. First Thessalonians 5, listen to this, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always. Y'all hear that part? Rejoice always. That in itself is a job, amen? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. That means don't gossip. Pray. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Here's what we have to understand, folks. In order for us to truly be able to follow the will of God, 
The first thing we've got to do, even in our circumstance, no matter how hard our circumstance is currently, the one thing that you and I have to do is we've got to seek God above all things. We have got to be thankful, joyful. We have got to be, uh, we got to have a heart of praise. Because we may have had some tough stuff happen to us, but how many of us have been ripped from our homes? How many of us have been taken away from what we know? Maybe one or two in this room. The rest of us have had everything we've ever wanted, if not more. And normally we're the first ones to gripe about the air conditioner being too cold or too hot. No, seriously. We're the first ones to get upset over things that don't matter. There are going to be mistakes made, right? You want me to tell you how you can tell if somebody's spiritual or not? Somebody is truly right with God or not? When a mistake is made, <clears throat> they pray without ceasing. They don't start calling everybody going, did you see what happened? Did you know what happened? We pray. We pray. God is faithful. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you so much for your amazing grace. And Lord, we thank you that we can come to a place this morning where we say, Father, there are certain things that we like. It's just who we are. It's how you've made us. God, we're going to lay all those preferences, the things that will divide us. We're going to lay all those things down at the altar this morning. And we're going to trust those with you. We're just going to give them to you, God. And and, and Lord, whatever your will is, they trump my preferences. Your will comes first. Maybe we're here today and we say, you know, There are things I've allowed within my own family. There's things I've allowed them within my own life just because they they seem good and right. But if they're not biblical, then they're wrong. The Bible tells us that becoming a believer, it changes everything. It even splits families apart. But Lord, if we're going to put you first, that means even our family comes after you. Father, you today have glory. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name.